TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, welcome into Purple Daily here. A quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company for helping keep the lights on here in a, in a tough year for us at Score North at Purple Daily. Specifically, uh, over the past 100-plus years, Federated has been standing behind local business owners in the Twin Cities. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, you get that frontline protection and you get all of the expertise that goes back 100-plus years during one of the most difficult years to be a business owner. Find out more about the resources and tools and the people you can get access to at federatedinsurance.com. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So my first question for you, Judd, is just Anthony Barr has been in the league now for a handful of years. He was really, he was Mike Zimmer's, Rick Spielman is the draft guru, but he was Mike Zimmer's hand-picked number nine overall draft pick. And he was going to come in here as this freak athlete, linebacker who could also rush the passer. Yep. We saw what he was capable of in his first year. We've seen flashes of it in subsequent years. He signed the big contract. And if you just go off of pro football focus ratings from last year, the Vikings had six linebackers get some semblance of action. All right. They, they had, they had five linebackers get at least a hundred snaps, three linebackers that got at least 400 snaps and Eric Kendricks, Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr was dead last in his pro football focus ranking on the roster of linebackers for the Vikings. Dead last. This dude's one of the highest paid linebackers in the NFL. And you're one of that contract. Yes. So he's in his prime. We know what he's capable of. Yep. What is it with Anthony Barr? Why is there such a gap between what he could be and what he apparently is at this point? This is such a layered, interesting discussion. Because if this was just me being able to say he's a disappointment, that'd be it you know he's a disappointment but he's not all right this to me this is is a a guy who uh, in the years of the nine to one Mackie and Judd show I believe that I referred to at one one time or more and I think you agreed at the time that Anthony Barr was what we consider to be the linchpin at that time not not Smith Anthony Barr was the linchpin of the success of the defense because of the multitude of things that we we saw him do and case in point in his uh Rookie year, he played in 12 games in 2014. Anthony Barr had four sacks. In 2015, his second year, he played in 14 games, three and a half sacks. Since then, the most sacks that he has had in a single season was in 2018, the year before he got uh, the, the new contract with three sacks. And here's been my question about this guy for, for a few years now. And I don't know the answer, but he makes enough that it confuses me. It feels like there is always more that you could do with him. Mm -hmm. And to play him as a traditional linebacker, and this is where he plays, and sometimes he's going to rush, but sometimes he's not, makes no sense. Uh, The most telling stat to me about Barr's 2019 was he was credited last season with one and a half sacks, all right? I believe if you look this up, the one sack came in the opener of the season against the Falcons, and that's it. That, to me, is not an Anthony Barr problem. That's a usage problem. But I have been saying, and we've been talking on the various incarnations, Phil, of our show for so long about this is the year that Anthony Barr is used differently, and he becomes Jason Taylor, and and, and he is uh, at the line of scrimmage with a hand down on this snap, and then he drops back in the next snap, and this and that, and it has yet to take place. 
I'm done predicting that, but I will throw a thought back at you, which at least makes me a little bit um, interested in the direction with that they go with Barr in 2020. Dom Capers. Yep. 3-4 Guru. Uh, Zimmer, it, as, as tied as he can be to his philosophies and thoughts on football, he also is an adjustable guy. I, I think if he likes a veteran assistant coach, he listens to said coach. Dom, uh, Dom has been around for a, a long time. He comes from the Packers. Uh, but before that, he certainly has um, a, a long history going back, success with the 3-4. So... I guess I will open the door up to ask the question, do you think that there is an off chance that Anthony Barr might see his role adjusted slightly, not because Mike is going to do it, but because Dom Capers is going to give him ideas to do it? Uh, I, the answer should be yes. The answer should be yes. I mean, Anthony Barr, listen, I'm not going to sit here and I, I, I don't break down the film, so I'm not going to be film breakdown guy here, but... Um, but I've watched enough of Anthony Barr, and I've watched enough of other great linebackers in three-four systems. I mean, Khalil Mack is like is the gold standard, right, in the NFL the last five or six years. I just feel like Anthony Barr, Anthony Barr has so much more to give as a pass rusher. And when you look at what he's able to do when the Vikings do unleash him in that way, uh, it's 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 pretty impressive. And so I guess I if I'm Mike Zimmer and I'm Dom Capers at this point. I start my defensive game plan with, okay, whatever we've been doing with Anthony Barr has not been working. Like he makes this much money. He's this talented. Why is there a gap between what he's doing productivity wise and what he could be? And I would start with what's the thing that we could probably get more out of if we just unleashed him. And I would say getting after the quarterback. And it feels like with Everson Griffin gone, unless they resign him at some point here, because he's still a free agent. I mean, I guess there's a chance he could come back, but with Everson Griffin gone, you need another pass rusher. I'm not saying, Anthony Barr is going to put his hand in the dirt and become a defensive end overnight, but you should look to get him, I don't know, five to eight more opportunities to rush the passer in 2020. It seems like a no-brainer, Judd. Yep, and and the thing that when when Barr seems to be at his best, the thing that he has going for him that I think the Vikings need to use more, the, the, um, the confusion that he can cause and the surprise. So if you have to account for Barr and you're an offensive line, being at different places, that's a pain, right? Mm-hmm. Smith. Smith moves around constantly. And the thing, Phil, that I think that we can see that Zim likes, and so it makes sense to actually use Barr in different ways, is, is and across the board, this is becoming true in football as well. Defenses are becoming more multiple, right? Mm-hmm. Like guys will be, guys will, are switching positions. You, you've got different packages now. And it just seems logical to me that the next step would be not to switch to a 3-4, but would be to use Capers' knowledge of the 3-4 and the effectiveness of the linebacking core being able to apply pressure to take a guy like Barr and start to switch his role up. And so the predictability of where he's going to be and what he's going to do Yes. Becomes much more difficult to know if you're the offense. Yes. Isn't it weird, like, just to zoom back out on Mike Zimmer's career here with the Vikings as a head coach, and he is a defensive guru, and if you look at everything he's built defensively here for the for the most part, it's been great. Like, they've had the number one defense in the NFL a couple of years ago. Even when they're not the number one defense, they've been top 10 in points allowed basically every year since he's been here. Yep. He's figured out how to unlock guys like Anthony Harris, who 
were forgotten about on the first two days of the draft. Like he can take Anthony Harris and help mold him into one of the best safeties in the NFL. He can unlock Harrison Smith's peak potential. He can unlock Xavier Rhodes' peak potential up until he crashed and burned last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Daniil Hunter. Like these guys are talented guys that Mike Zimmer is putting in positions to become Hall of Fame caliber players, like Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin. Uh, probably not Hall of Fame caliber NFL, but maybe like Vikings Ring of Honor. But they're caliber. really, really good. Yes, yep. I Eric, agree Eric Kendricks has become one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Like these talented players get into Mike Zimmer's ecosystem, right? And they perform at their 90th percentile, right? And the lone exception is Anthony Barr. So I think we sit here and we have this discussion about like what's Mike Zimmer missing with Anthony Barr. Maybe the discussion should be what's Anthony Barr missing within this? Like why is Anthony Barr not? Max, if all these other guys are maximized, mm-hmm. what is different about Anthony Barr not reaching his I think full the, peak potential? I think that the Vikings coaching staff would tell you that that we don't understand how they use Barr, and they would probably argue that they do use him in different ways that we simply don't see or don't get. But I'm sorry. I, yeah, I mean, I don't see it. Yeah, but <laughs> so. no, but but because there's one stat, right? It sacks. It sacks. He can get. He has the ability. If you drop him in coverage, he's not as good. We know that. That's just not a strength, right? So my question is, has always been when it comes to Barr, why don't you find more ways to get him after a QB? Why doesn't he get, I don't know, let, let's pick a realistic sack total. Why doesn't he get five sacks? Okay? I'm not asking for 20. Not 15, not yeah. 10. But why doesn't he get up he's to never, five? He's never had five. He's never had more than three and a half since his rookie year. That's the point. So why don't, you, why don't you at least give him the opportunity to pursue more? They would say, hey, look, he is very important. You don't get it. But when you see, to your point, when you see the amount of guys that they do take and make them multiple and make them able to they rush on one down then they're in yeah. coverage then this then that it just seems like bar could be a pain in the ass and they don't make him that consistently i agree like and again you know pro football focus is is one way to to look at players and they do a great job scouting and he was ranked as one of the one of the worst he was ranked as the vikings worst linebacker and one of the one of the worst regular playing time linebackers in the NFL last year. That's remarkable, by the way. It is. I mean, um, that's really remarkable. But the other way to look at it is let's let's just like think about it, at that position. There's so many things you could be doing, right? You can be you can be in pass coverage. Eric you Kendricks. Be, you can be hunting down, yeah. uh, you know, pass catchers and or running backs and 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 making tackles. You can be rushing the passer. Like there's all kinds of things you can be doing. And he's not particularly great statistically at any of those things. And so I guess my counter to the Vikings, if the Vikings argument is, well, he's doing a lot of things that maybe don't show up in the evaluations or in the stat sheets, I would ask, well, what are those things? Like what? What? And then I, they would say, you don't understand those things either. Because I can hear an argument for if a cornerback doesn't have a bunch of interceptions, I can hear the argument of, well, no one throws to his... Yeah, of course, Darrell Rivas only has four interceptions. No one's throwing his way when he's in his prime, right? And Xavier Rhodes... Uh, I can listen to that argument. With a linebacker, I feel like you should be creating more chaos and wreaking more havoc than he is. And put your hand down sometimes. That's a coaching thing. Yeah. Like, if he did that, it's a pain. It's a problem. Yeah. And he right now is one of the highest paid players on the roster. And so, I mean, this is maybe a maybe this is a rhetorical question, but if you could go back and undo that contract, would you do it? Oh, I undo it it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was predicated on, all right, we trust... 
All right, Mike Zimmer, you know what you're doing here, right? Like, if you're you're bringing him on board for fourteen million dollars a year, we assume he's going to be one of the most productive defensive players on your roster. And yeah. after the first year of that contract, the answer is he was no. going to sign w- with the Jets, and he basically got cold feet. I would have said sorry. That that to me will always be the difference between, let's say, the Vikings and Patriots. Yeah. If there's one comp, okay, if Anthony Barr is about, and Belichick likes him. If Anthony Barr plays for the Patriots and he is in any other town and calls and says, oh, man, I made a big mistake, coach. I'd like to come back. I would say nine and a half out of ten times Belichick is going to say, dude, I'm sorry. We can't. And and it's not that Barr's a bad player. But if you are asking me right now, would I like to get that cap space back? Just the cap space? Damn right I would. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that that contract to me was a bad uh, bad contract because it wasn't accounted for. They basically said, okay, we'll take you back. Uh-uh. At that point in time, that cash is going elsewhere. I will say I don't consider him to be a bust, and it is interesting that he's made four Pro Bowls in his career, too. He's not a bust. I, I agree with he's that He's not a bust, but he's one of those guys that there's there's guys like this across Minnesota sports where they just didn't quite live up to what you hoped. I mean, he's kind of Francisco Liriano to me. Like the tw- <laughs> He's the Vikings version of... You saw it early on, like Liriano's excuse is, well, my elbow blew out. I just maybe wasn't the same guy, so yep. he has the excuse. Uh, but like you, you watch him and you think, boy, that guy can, even after the surgery, that guy can throw 94 miles an hour. He's got a wipeout slider still, and he's got a six ERA. Like what, you know, or he's or he doesn't have the confidence that he that he should with with the stuff that he has. I mean, that's that's the, the best comparison I can come up with. With Barr, I think from day one has been he always has so looked the part, right? Yes. He has always looked like, oh, my God, look at that guy. That guy can do this and he can do that. And, and, you know, perhaps the Vikings would privately say, well, he really can't. But if he can't, that's a problem, too. I would like to see him, if Capers is going to have a significant impact on one player on this defense, I would like to see Anthony Barr at least get the chance to fail at the things that we're talking about. Yep, I think, like if he can't do it, then then let's come back in a year from now and say oh, they tried that and it was a disaster. Yep, I agree. I think I think the approach going into this year, this is going to be his seventh year in the NFL already. Time flies in the NFL. Anthony Barr, uh, and he's only twenty eight years old because he, he came in when he was twenty one, so sure. he's still in his prime. Maybe he's not quite what he was athletically like at twenty two, twenty three. But I really think the strategy should be. I don't think you have to uproot Eric Hendricks and Daniil Hunter and like don't uproot your entire defense but you should go in saying how are we going to unlock this guy what is the strategy to unlock this guy and have him be one of the best overall defensive players on the roster and and just put, turn him in, what, what are the two areas you could turn him loose in and then figure out the rest mm-hmm. but I don't know and maybe they maybe they've sort of tried that throughout the years and they just decided well kind of is kind of is what it is so if 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 he is is tried this year in different uh, in different ways, do you and he doesn't succeed? Do you call him a bust at that point then? Because I probably don't. But if I found out that oh my god he can't do this and and he can't do that and the Vikings were basically protecting him from himself previously, I'm a lot closer then to being like that second contract. Goes uh, um, to me from being a mistake to a major mistake. Yeah, you can call the contract call a, a bust. bust. Like as a player, if you spend seven years in the NFL, like I know he's a, he's a top ten draft pick, so you're you're looking and he and he made four Pro Bowls, so you could argue that he probably wasn't a Pro Bowl caliber player in a couple of those years, and he you was off reputation. Pro Bowl, dude. 
I know. That's, I mean, let's be honest. He's not a at no point Sell is he a bust. Dog. A bust Pro is Bowl. like Matt Khalil is a bust, where you don't even sign <laughs> into a second contract. Knocks your hat off. I, yeah, exactly. Um, I would be a little nervous about how much money the Vikings owe. So the 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 dead cap for Anthony Barr in 2020 is the peak of the contract. The it's 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 20 million dollars in dead cap money this year. So like obviously he's locked in this year. Mm-hmm. There is a potential out. You'd still have to eat 7.8 million dollars in 2021. Okay. Uh, but you would save 8 million dollars to the salary cap instead of paying him 15 and a half in 2021. So it still hurts and stings to say goodbye to Anthony Barr after 2020, but you could conceivably do it and justify it if he doesn't live up to the contract in 2020. And the contract goes for how long now? Uh, he has dead money guaranteed to him through 2023 okay. in some form, but okay. but it goes from 20 million in dead cap in 2020 down to 7.8 in 2021 down to five in 2020. I just don't think that asking for five sacks is that much. I agree. I really don't. <laughs> I, I think it's a very simple One ask. One a month. Give us a sack a yes. month. All right? It's I mean, not that complicated. The dude in the last 15 games of the 2019 season had a half a sack. Yes. Like, think about that. Yep. So, he uh, sacked Matt, Matt Ryan, and that was basically it. Yeah. And he only yeah. had one forced fumble last year, too, which is like, again, just like wreak some havoc. Okay? Just like some sacks and forced fumbles. Just, uh, just, Amen. Go, go wreak some havoc and, and, and change a game. Amen. All right, I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing here, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us on Purple Daily. Please give us a five-star rating and positive review on Apple, and click that subscribe button here on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash score north.